0: Hi there, and thanks for listening to today's Geniuses podcast. My name is Sarah Levy, and I'm from Montclair, New Jersey. Um, I just finished up my junior year at CC, and I'm a sociology major and a political science minor. And I'm excited to talk to you guys today about our session we had with Talking Feminisms, the radio group based out of Berlin. Today we are Talking Feminism, or more precisely, this podcast is going to focus on and debrief the class session we were fortunate enough to have with the three amazing hosts of Talking Feminisms, a radio show based out of Berlin and broadcast on Reboot FM. The show is hosted by three incredible women, Iris, Tatiana, and Mai, all of whom have been friends for years, making the show and our discussion with them today feel candid, real, and sometimes as messy as the content they discuss. They focus on the different facets of feminism and what feminism actually means to each of them. While listening to this podcast, I want to note that this is only a brief look of what this show has to offer and how feminism operates in all of our lives. As the host mentioned, this topic is obviously endlessly fascinating and changing and sometimes even confusing. However, with all of that in mind, I am hoping that we can all learn a little bit more about the way feminism manifests itself in Germany specifically, but also in a more global context and often taking a comparative look. Specifically, Tatiana, Iris, and May discuss the way intersectionality has emerged or struggled to emerge as part of the national discourse here in Berlin. We're going to take a minute now to listen to them directly and hear what they have to say on these topics. The first clip I want to share with you guys is in response to a question posed to the panel about where they think Germany kind of stands um, globally, in relation to their position on feminism today,
1: I think yeah. they're quite behind. Oh my God, on every every single thing. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not that like already in the eighties. Especially
1: like intersectionality. They think like there was one demonstration for women's rights or something like that, and uh, people were shouting. What do we want? And the answer was intersectionality. And then, like, what when do we want it? it? It's like, now It's like, you, I think you misunderstood what First it First of all, it's a very good <laughs> chant. <laughs>
3: what do we want? Intersectionality. It's too
1: long. it gotta be like two syllable. What do we want? No, but also it's like. <laughs> intersectionality. <It's like laughs> intersectionality. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm teasing. It's actually intersectionality. Which is even worse. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> leave them alone they're trying um, <laughs> so they I think they're just they're yeah. not there yet the, and yeah. the like the the <coughs> feminists that have power mm. they suck mm-hmm. I mean the self-proclaimed feminists that have power because I would not
2: I guess what we must we must forget <laughs> yeah I would also say Germany is behind in many things and like Debates on intersectionality have been very, also very, um, what well, co-opted, what on white academic, mm-hmm. uh, in white academic mm-hmm. spheres, and then, and then you also have this problem of, like, intersectionality in, in Germany being very much focused only on gender, mm-hmm. and, like, not so much on racism and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. So, and then also, like, just neglecting where did that idea actually yeah. come from yeah. and that yeah. it's like rooted in black feminism. We like do that in, that in the States though, too. They are, you can't pay somebody who know black thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, yeah. we, you know, black stuff is like goodbye. No. <laughs> but that's not but to say different. that in that there yeah. have been like black and. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, yeah, it depends movement, on where much Feminist movements already in the 80s, as yes. I said, like Mayim and these people. Yeah, they were the jolie Bar. they
3: read some show in our culture. Okay, so you then, know, then yeah, so they,
2: they were there, and, um, but it's just, yeah... But it's, it's not like, Germany. I wouldn't say Germany is there. Yeah.
0: After listening to that clip, I hope that you guys can hear how, even when these women are discussing sometimes really frustrating topics, they manage to laugh and have a good time and really not let the content of what they're discussing negatively affect the um, approaches that they come to the floor with. Two things that really stood out to me in terms of this clip and that I think are always worth remembering are that movements um, in general are not universal and that movements are not teleological. So that is to say that while for us in the U.S. we may feel that intersectionality has kind of been integrated into our feminist dogmas. Um, Well, of course, though, that Heidi did point out in the background that we, of course, have a lot of work still left to do in terms of giving credit where it's due and just fully getting to a place of understanding intersectionality, um, that these women do not feel have the same experience and that this is not a universal experience and it does not necessarily apply transnationally. Um, Secondly, I wanna bring up that these movements are just not teleological and that, while Iris notes kind of that there was a surge in the 80s when all of these amazing things were happening, that um, there were like all these black feminist scholars in Berlin, that they kind of feel like some of this thinking has stalled and they're not really experiencing feminism today as being the same, or at least it sounded to me like there just felt like there was a lot left to be desired in terms of getting Berlin and Germany in general, and kind of an accelerated track in terms of their ideologies. But lastly, I want to highlight Iris's point about intersectionality being co-opted by white women and white academics specifically. I think that speaks to just like the vastness in terms of people's different experiences with feminism and why one experience or definition or practice just cannot apply to everyone and um, i think that leads us really nicely into this next clip that i want you guys to listen to that kind of talks about these women's experiences approaching and kind of navigating their relationships with quote unquote feminism
2: like. I would say we have like we all have totally different perspectives on feminisms. I think there are uh, like uh, intersections. intersections, and I just think we we all have very different backgrounds, the places where we come from, like also politically and stuff. That that's what more, what we meant more or less. Yeah. So that that's why that we bring in different perspectives.
3: I think where we can work together well is that we agree in the fact that there are different feminisms. Mm-hmm. And that also means that we don't have to agree on everything, mm-hmm. and we don't have to have the same focus. Mm-hmm. It's part of, well, at least my understanding, but I think that's where we agree that we can have very different ideas and political ideas in many ways. And the fact of like dealing with that and accepting that and listening to that and also being aware that maybe from different experiences and backgrounds mm-hmm. um, politically, local, like regionally, locally, whatever. There, like logically are different perspectives on certain things. And it's not about like agreeing on everything. It's about like being able to listen and see different perspectives. And it's, and that's what makes that was, that's in my opinion, what gives feminist perspectives power. And that what, what, that's also what makes it interesting for me to like work together with other people who don't share all my ideas. Because
2: nobody shares all my ideas, anyway. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's and and like one thing that we definitely agree upon is that there's no like one single story when talking about feminism, but that it's like feminism is always an intersection of different forms of oppression and discrimination. That for for my and me for a long time, feminism we so like that was something we we couldn't really identify with the term, but only because it was for us, it was very like. Uh, white feminist
1: we encountered it more as instrumentalized to oppress us and our brothers than to really liberate us and our sisters and it 's not a binary yeah. it 's like not either or it 's not good or bad that 's just a complex world and we, if you you can 't take complexity then you 're on the wrong side of history it's like um and yeah if you can 't understand that it's like uh that's maybe the one grundsatz.
0: So you can hear right off the bat in this clip that Tatiana again clarifies for the group that they're operating from a methodology of feminisms, plural, and that continuing this idea kind of that movements are not universal and movements are not teleological, um, within that, that relationships with a movement. Personally, and themselves are not monolithic either. Um, you know, like all these women have such powerful and strong ideologies and obviously their own unique experiences, and how that is not a hindrance to their work, um, obviously, but precisely the opposite, and that it creates this kind of beautiful tension where they're not expected to agree with each other or blindly or baselessly relate to each other, but that they are each bringing something unique to the table, yet that relates to the larger picture, and that this is kind of what makes their conversations and debates so meaningful. So even within a group of colleagues that, from an outsider's perspective, um, one might assume that they all have the same ideas, um, that the shores cannot just be blanketly a- applied to all of them, and that they're still figuring out and navigating their relationships with the world, of course, but even still learning from themselves. And then what I think was like the most powerful moment of learning, um, or at least reminder that for me as a white woman, um, I do not inherently obviously see all the different facets of oppression that people of color and women of color in particular face. Um, When Mai was so powerfully saying that how she and Iris kind of struggled with relating to or identifying with feminism because it was used as yet another tool to exclude them. And disenfranchise them and their families. That was, you know, striking to me because when the panel was talking to us, these women, you know, just seemed so rooted in their feminism. It wasn't even on my mind that they you know, there would have been a time when they did not see it as a cause that applied to them. But I guess, you know, like that's just a reminder, um, for all of us that we just don't know someone's journey and that these women's experiences with feminism are just as textured and complicated as the rest of us. So, in both these segments, there is a discussion about intersectionality and whiteness in terms of co opting or even bastardizing, perverting what feminism meant to these women. But we can hear through these clips their very obvious efforts to reclaim and stake out their own space in the feminist field now. Okay, now I want to thank our two discussionists for joining us today. Um, we have Zoe Frolic. She is a about to be finishing her final year at CC. She is from Vermont, and she is a math major with a political science minor. And on the other side of the table, we have Lila Marshall, and she just finished up her freshman year, and she is from Seattle, and she has not yet declared a major. Thank you guys both so much for being here.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here.
0: So the first thing I kind of wanted to open up our discussion with um, was the women we spoke to today talked obviously about how they're making an effort to create conscious media and how that's obviously f- foundational in their praxis. And I was wondering um, how if you guys were thinking at all after we left the session about um, your guys' consumption of media, and not so much about whether it's always conscious or not, um, but you can talk about that as well, but if how you guys see tropes and themes, um, feminists are not kind of being articulated in the media and just kind of in your, like, daily lives.
4: Um, I guess one thing I would say is that often when I see feminism in the world, in media, uh, it's often doesn't, like, people don't put that much meaning behind it, as in they just claim feminism as, like, something involving women. Um, So it's, like, oh, great, this, like, show about these whatever women, and, like, that's so feminist, but, like, really, no one really uh, puts thought behind the word as, like, something that someone should be able to define themselves as. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, I think when I don't know, I watch TV shows that could be a platform to talk about feminism and such. I think I see it less in an actual discussion or conversation that's inserted in a script and more in just the idea of having, like, really strong women in, like, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, lots of strong women in high positions of power, like, achieving the careers they want to achieve but it's not explicitly talking about hardships that they go through to get to those careers so i think it's more of i think i see it more in a role model by how the character is constructed than narratives that are actually put forward which is on the one hand nice to see women in powerful positions in the media but also could be detrimental to not have a bigger conversation about what that means.
0: Right, and do you guys see, like when you, um, like after you're consuming the media that's obviously like all around us, um, these, these women obviously have like so much to say about it as they talked about how they extended their show from five times, like every five week cycles and it was only an hour and now it's about once a month and it's an hour and a half, so they obviously have a lot to say. Um, about what they're seeing in the world media and outside of it, and then they're using um, a radio platform to produce that. So do you guys um, see those conversations happening in your daily lives as young women, Um, similar to how the women talked about it today?
4: Um, I think not enough. Just when they were talking about that show about self-care, I think that's something that kind of goes unrecognized, especially... That is something that should be so important in college when, like, self-image is changing so much. Um, I think it doesn't really get talked about enough. And if it does, it isn't formal in the way that they're doing it on their show. Um, And I think it comes in, like, these subtle ways just among, like, groups of women in my life personally. um, But isn't necessarily something that is, like, recognized as... Productive, uh, just kind of comes naturally, which is, of course, a good thing that I'm, like, grateful for, but I think people don't really like to say, like, this is something I need to do because of, yeah. like, things that are being put on me by, you know, the world or whatever it is. But... Yeah,
5: yeah I think... Um, I think it's really impressive that these... Um three hosts were able to recognize that this is a platform that they felt to be very empowering and continue to do it, and, as you said, increase the frequency. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was just part of a book club that was trying to read more critical feminist texts, and we would get together and talk. and it was a group of mostly like women or non-binary identifying people and the first meeting we had was incredible it was really fun i feel like everyone learned a lot and got a lot out of it but it was just one of those things that fell to the wayside as school went on and things got busier and i think it was it was definitely disappointing to see because i think at the time it was a space that everyone really learned and took a lot from and felt very like empowered in so I think even when the conversations happen within our friend groups they're not happening enough and they're not happening they're not always happening to the same level or degree that you wish they would happen like I feel like I'll have a lot of conversations with my friends that just end with like ah oh, like all men are trash like <laughs> I'm so happy That's life.
4: like oh, damn <laughs>
5: <laughs> exactly and it's just not... It's great and it's really nice to vent, but it's also really nice having the deeper, more meaningful conversations.
0: Yeah, it's something else I see, at least, is like a lot of the conversations can. Well, I see it's kind of two things happening. Like, either I'm having conversations with people like I know agree with me and are kind of like on the same page, and then we just kind of end up like recapitulating a lot of stuff, and it kind of just feels not like it's unproductive because obviously there's value to that space and setting but like it's kind of just like a cycle of back and forth and like you know that you're just going to get a feedback loop and then on the other hand I'll like be having some of these conversations with people that are like completely on the other like side of the table from me and they're just like so difficult sometimes to have because people just it's hard you, like you don't want to have to be educating them to like be on the same just at least foundation to have the conversation in the first place but when people are coming from such different areas and this isn't just like oh like white men don't know and they're though of course they can perpetrate that like just like if you're coming from a different like level of education I find it really difficult sometimes to have conversations because just like the foundational level is different.
4: Yeah I think that's what made this group of these three women so cool was because they all came from like different fields kind of but then and had different really different views as they were saying but they're able to do all this work together and like work through disagreements and like share knowledge Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that it's exposed to other people um which I think as you were saying the first point about just having conversations where it's the same thing over and over I think that happens a lot especially in the setting we're in at CC, there's like, you know, a lot of similar ideologies, and so people kind of just end up supporting each other, like, but then kind of like fighting over really tiny discrepancies mm-hmm. and like, beliefs, and then it's like, we all are on the same page, what's the point, you know? You to make everyone your enemy.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was also really interesting to hear them talk about how they take such a broad lens to what their feminisms could what realms they see their feminisms like are appearing in like how Iris was talking about how she did the series about migration and um, like migrating groups and how there is a feminist lens to that and there's a feminist lens to all these other broad topics that maybe at the surface that wouldn't be the first thing you would think of just giving themselves the ability to have a broad vast swath of things to look at and study those
0: yeah I think that was like really important and I liked how they spent um like a lot of time just like making sure that we understood like I loved that clarification being like it's talking feminisms plural like not feminism and how That, in and of itself, is, like, such a conscious and intentional, um, use of language, and how they never, kind of, like, stepped on, at least, like, how I was seeing them, like, never stepped on each other's toes and kind of let each of the others, like, have their own arena, and, um, I really found that inspiring, especially as a way to, again, like, have these conversations with people where there are, like, there is room to learn and grow but you might not be exactly on the same page which was really cool to hear like how they're still navigating this after like years of doing it which is really cool. Um, and I also wanted to talk more about how within that and all their different kind of like pedagogical approaches and methodologies which they all seem to have slightly different ones. Um, we touched briefly on the topic of like self care and how when you're kind of in the midst of these conversations, it can take a toll on you um, just naturally. And I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on kind of their methods and if you guys have any of your own that you'd like to share.
4: Um, I guess just like they were saying that, or I was, Iris was saying, when she's doing the show, it's like strengthening. Um, I would say, like, times when those conversations do happen things can really click and um definitely have that tendency to just like make you feel renewed when you feel like you're not alone in a lot of things um yeah
5: I think it was really it felt really great when I forget who said it but they said that they always forgive themselves if they choose to re-air shows and I feel like even though we're not producing radio shows, we don't have shows to re-air, it really just emphasized to me that sometimes it's okay like if you have this thing that you just can't do, like a soft or hard commitment that you just aren't feeling that day. And it's just like forgiving yourself for being human, having off days, and not making it the end of the world and just taking the time to do what you need to do and it really that really resonated with me
0: yeah I definitely agree and I think um especially in any of these kind of like social justice debates that people are having um of course the amount of like personal stake you have in it can differ from person to person and how they view kind of their own subjectivity as relating to the content they're talking about um but I definitely found that inspiring and kind of validating and like my own practice because obviously like there are days when you're just like it's not happening at all like not a chance <laughs> yeah like today was gray out and it's like a slow day and that happens but um it's just like nice to hear like older people who are more obviously enmeshed in like real world stuff so like no like sometimes you just need those days um and so I really like enjoyed hearing from them on that so something else I thought was, like, really fascinating today was when Maddie, um, one of our classmates, asked where um, the panel kind of saw Germany in relation to the rest of the world um, and their feminism, like, ideals. And they immediately had this, like, visceral reaction, like, it's backward, it's slow, slow, it's behind the times. And kind of how there were these movements in the 80s and that they haven't really felt a big, like, intersectional kick since then. So I'm kind of wondering, like, in the week and a half that we've been um, in Berlin together, how you guys are kind of experiencing um, feminism and, like, misogyny and the patriarchy, like, here, as opposed to, like, maybe your, like, daily lives um, back in the States and at home, and if you've, like, had experiences with that that you guys want to talk about.
4: Um, I think it's especially seems different than the U.S. when we're spending our daytime interacting with these professionals and, mm-hmm. like, people who have such amazing things to say um, and are, like, so well-informed. And then being out in the city is definitely just a little different. I've noticed that, like, people here really stare at you. Like, I, like maybe it's... <laughs> I don't know. I just find that, like someone will be staring at me and I like will stare back at them and they like won't. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I've definitely had more uncomfortable moments just out in the public today. And it's when I'm like in this, especially when I'm on the subway, I'll be like thinking about what we talked about in class. Um, and then I'm just like, this doesn't really align. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
5: I think to go off of that, it seems in the, limited interactions that I've had in this week and a half that I don't know the the autonomy and the ways that I usually handle just general like catcalling and stuff just by usually like powering through people like sometimes when I'm exploring on my own like just keep walking along and like doing my own thing and keeping my head down and just making it very clear like I'm not interested in this, I've realized, um, hasn't worked as much, like, there's been a couple altercations near the hostel where it hasn't worked, and, like, even just walking around in neighborhoods in the middle of the day, like, I've definitely noticed some, like, more, more, like, following around situations that, like, end up with me, like, having to dip into, like, a coffee shop or something for a few minutes and just, like, hang out and, like, wait until someone just kind of like figures it out and leaves and like does that and it's maybe it's just more doing living in a city or being in a city and just being around more people in general so you'll probably have a higher incident rate of that happening over time instead of being on campus with 2,000 people but it definitely there wasn't as much there seemed to not be as much respect for the idea that like I'm not interested in this and I'm just going to keep going. Um, which was kind of kind of uncomfortable to think about.
0: Yeah, in some ways, to me, it's definitely felt like more like explicit or like traditionally explicit and that like there have been these like um, like it follow-up interactions. Um, Zoe, I know you and I had one together where we um, kind of ignored some like leering and catcalling on the street and we like, subsequently followed um and were forced um clearly like out of safety reasons to have a conversation with this guy because if we um didn't engage even like in a stern kind of way like it was clear that he was being pretty threatening. Um and so like in that way I think it's again like more in your face than what we experience at home, at least for me. But on the other hand, like in the CC bubble or just even in um, like, at my home in New Jersey, I think that it's so, much it's there, but it's just in, like, such a different form, and I, and I don't know, I think that, obviously, being followed is scary, and that is, you know, but the, even, like, the subtle jabs and comments just at home or at school that seem less harmful, like, to me, it's just important to remember how they, like, are upholding the system that, like, makes it possible for, like, those people to follow us on the street and, like, no one who sees this interaction happening, like, when the guy guy comes out of a building and sees this guy, like, really harassing us, like, doesn't say anything and lights a cigarette, you know?
5: I think what you said about stuff back at the home in the States being more, like, veiled and more, like, subtle comments that uphold these structures, I feel like just personally, I feel like that always comes across when men tell you like to smile like especially if you just have a neutral look on your face you'll get a lot of oh like you'd look good if you smile which is just like I have to you expect me to put on this warm welcoming face because like my gender is associated with like warmness and welcoming and kindness and it's just in reality like I feel no obligation to be an overly welcoming and kind person to you as a stranger who's also in the same place as I am right now and it's just upholding that and it's incredibly frustrating
4: and it's hard to tell when like traveling too because we see such a surface level of things but then like when I think about in the U.S. things like this I'm like thinking about the expectations I believe people have of me and like things that go so much deeper than like and you know just things on the street we are not ever going to be here long enough to know mm-hmm. what it feels like to be a German woman or like right. yeah or, or like yeah.
0: not like three white women um, mm-hmm. who like clearly look or maybe not clearly look at first glance but upon first interaction who are clearly oh. foreigners and I think um, something that one of the women today said was you know like we're trying to do the work that like that like white women don't even like know to think about that like, that wouldn't even like come across as a problem. So I just want to take this time, at least to acknowledge like where we're all coming from, and that while our experiences are valid and like real and can be scary, like they're still just one perspective. and I thought it was so important the emphasis that they were putting on intersectionality
5: yeah,
0: really. um, and how that was like something that just seemed like they were striving so hard for and like we might like take for granted a little bit in the
5: States. I absolutely agree with the idea that we take intersectionality for granted basically just because I feel like I can't have a conversation and I believe this is a good thing like I can't have a conversation at home without or back in the US without someone pointing out that a statement isn't necessarily true for all people and like a certain statement could seem empowering on the surface but have detrimental effects to other groups of women or other identifying people and I think it was interesting to hear how that's a lens that I'm very fortunate that my friend group holds for the most part and we try to hold each other accountable for but how here in Germany I think it was um, Iris was saying how intersectionality has pretty much just become a white scholarly research sociological theory and not just like actual how everyone lives to begin with. Like, it's a real thing. It's not just some theory for people to write research papers about.
4: Yeah, I think that's just another reason it's great they call it feminisms and so acknowledge how they're all different um, because they're just saying like, we're never all going to understand each other's viewpoints, but we can talk about it and we can like try to show people that
0: um and I also like there when they were I think I can I saw kind of a connection in what you were just saying about how um intersectionality has been kind of co-opted um by white women in academia as this like well, we get it, like, no, like, we're whatever we're talking about, but, like, if we just mention intersectionality at the end, or, like, in methodology or et cetera, et cetera, um, that's doing the work, and then we can continue on writing. Um, and how that kind of feels parallel to me about the shame complex that they were kind of talking about in Germany um, with the National Socialism Movement, A, and then just how in general, Germany's kind of, like, um, national consciousness uses this Um, tool of shame to silence people but also to make them feel like the work is done by just kind of like existing in that shame and how I just saw a parallel when you brought that up Zoe. so thank you
5: yeah I think the key thing they said there was feeling shame does not correct things it only covers them up and I think that especially earlier when we were talking about the NS era was especially poignant but even in these conversations there's still rampant white feminism that's seeks to like advance themselves at the expense of others and just feeling bad that it happened in like German colonies in Africa doesn't mean that it's still not happening today.
4: Yeah, like someone said today, it just becomes a mirror and I think that's true of so many of the things that we're learning about now that people turn something around and then it just becomes a mirror of that the same original problem, um, just in like the seeking of power. Um, so hopefully Germany will have success not doing that. But it's hard to say. <laughs> um,
0: okay, well, I want to thank you guys both so much for being here today and taking part in this discussion. Um, and I hope that everyone enjoyed listening. Thanks again. So lastly, I just wanna thank everyone who tuned in for listening and I hope that you guys all learned something about the way that feminism operates in all of our lives and how there's no one way to define feminism. And on that note, I just wanna be explicit in sharing that Zoe, Lila and I's conversation is just our personal experiences here in Berlin and that in no way does this apply to a culture And that there's no way to know, really, as Lila said, how people experience Berlin as we're not natives. But I hope you guys found this podcast valuable. And I really enjoyed making it for you guys. Bye. Honor code upheld.